1: In light of recent and ongoing events in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, we are extremely lucky to have Amir Yihyeh and Abed to discuss their personal thoughts on the matter and how we might move forward. Amir is a Jewish-Israeli from Haifa, and Abed is a Palestinian in the youth program at Roots, an organization that brings together Israelis and Palestinians to achieve a better future. So um, before we get going with the discussion, just a quick recap of what has happened over the past month. Originally back in early May, there was a court decision in the Israeli Supreme Court about to convene about an eviction of several Palestinian tenants in the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah in East Jerusalem. There was allegations of violating an agreement between the Israeli uh, landlords and the Palestinian tenants. What happened was that concurring Palestinian protests erupted into violence between the protesters and Israeli police, which spilled over into the Al-Aqsa Mosque in the old city of Jerusalem. And in retaliation for the violence, Hamas and Gaza started firing rockets into Israel. Israel responded with their own rockets, targeting Hamas outposts. Fast forward 10 days, dozens killed, including children in both Gaza and Israel, Jewish and Muslim mob violence in Israeli cities, and the ceasefire was eventually called, ending that spurt of violence. But as a recording on Wednesday, June 16th, the ceasefire appears to have been broken by Hamas arson balloons being sent into Israel, lighting fires, and retaliatory airstrikes by the Israeli Defense Forces. By the time your listeners are probably hearing this, there could be another war or a abrupt return to a fragile peace. So now that we have this context down, Abed, since you're the new one here, what are your general thoughts?
2: From the starting of uh, like stopping people from praying in the Mosque and uh, the Sheikh Jarrah actions, it was hard for me hard like to hear and hard to follow the news on the social media and uh tv seeing uh, the soldiers of the israeli army how they're treating the people of palestine and also it was like wrong like uh using gas bombs using force against the citizens that's Innocent people who were in their homes like for years, like more than 70 years, and now they want to evacuate this neighborhood, so-called uh, Israeli settlement, or like Israeli people uh, living in these houses.
0: Just a follow-up question for you, Abbot. You mentioned that you had a hard time following up on social media about what was going on. Do you believe yes. social media often misrepresents the conflict at hand?
2: Well, everything is recorded,
0: a lot of videos, a lot of uh,
2: pictures have been taken about what's happening. Of course, social media uh, following the good pages, the pages are tell the true stories from the both sides. will will let anyone know and will show the truth of what's really going on.
1: So Amir, uh, anything to respond Any, uh, separately? Your thoughts, anything you want to respond to what Abel was saying?
3: Yes, um, I think you can't look at the last month's um, events without separating it into two different uh, sections. Obviously, Gaza Strip and the West Bank. I think, personally, that the conflict in Sheikh Jarrah and East Jerusalem, it it differs much from the issue with Gaza, which uh, I'll get there in a second. But the thing with Sheikh Jarrah, legally, the Jews can claim ownership of the house. If I agree with that law, I don't think so. I mean, I think the stubbornness of Jews, of expelling Arabs from their homes in Sheikh Jarrah, a neighborhood where Jews don't really have anything to look for in there, maybe holy sites, but they don't. It's a completely Palestinian neighborhood. And by expelling people from the neighborhood, it's trying to Jewishification, you can call it. Okay, I don't know if there's a word. They're trying to make the neighborhood Jewish and they're trying to make more settlements in East Jerusalem, probably one of the most controversial areas. And I don't agree with expelling the Arabs from there. I think it's a far right-wing move to do that. And I think it's wrong and it's false, but legally they can do that and we can't prevent them from legally doing it. But morally and in probably any other aspect, it's wrong. And I, I agree with a lot, of, a lot of what Abbott said. So just a few days
1: ago, Benjamin Netanyahu, the former prime minister of Israel, was recently ousted by a coalition with current prime minister, right-wing, Naftali Bennett, and centrist foreign minister, Yair Lapid, and also alternate prime minister, their coalition consisting of left-leaning, centrist, right-leaning, and Islamist parties. And the most diverse yet fragile coalition in Israel's history. Amir, let's start with you. How are you feeling about this?
3: As a strong supporter of the Lech movement, which means the Go movement, of like telling Benjamin Netanyahu to go out of our lives, more specifically, I applaud uh, all of the political characters and all political uh, figures who managed to um, form a coalition so diverse and so as you said, so fragile, to deal with the problem that is called Benjamin Netanyahu, as he is not only a political opponent, he is a political threat. Much like, you could say, Trumpism, as I spoke about in in the last podcast I've been here, uh, Trump and Bibi have a form of cult of personality around them, which is something I find terrible and completely wrong. Uh, He influenced the Israeli politics negatively in so many ways and i personally believe he is using undemocratic and fascist ways to remain in office up until now for 12 years to remain in office uh, just to uh, escape from his uh, upcoming court meetings and and stay out of jail i personally believe he managed to do everything in his power including by the way including the last uh, the last events in the last month with including both Gaza strip and the west bank i believe it is planned and i believe that he used uh, undemocratic political moves to create uh, to create tension both in the west bank and in the gaza strip y- you can see it's called uh, the guardian of the walls the uh, the war uh, mini war sub war it started the day the mandate moved over to yaglapid to form a coalition And I don't think it's by accident. Do I believe this coalition will last too long? I don't think so. Do I believe this coalition is something ideal? And would I even support it? Probably not. The prime minister right now is in even more right-leaning than Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, I don't agree with him at practically anything. They're both leaning on Islamistic groups and and far-right parties. I find it false, but I believe... It is better than a
0: coalition with Benjamin Netanyahu as prime minister, and it's better than fifth elections. Abed, you mentioned to us beginning that you belong to an organization that brings Israelis and Palestinians together. Now, the new prime minister, Naftali Bennett, he also comes, as Amir rightfully pointed out, from the right wing of Israeli politics. But do you think Naftali Bennett represents any meaningful change to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? How do you think the relationship will change under Naftali Bennett, or will it change at all?
2: Well, I never followed what's happened in the Israeli government. I don't know uh, how he's going to change some stuff in between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Um, and for what Amir said um, about the war and uh, like his opinion uh, from the start of the, of the things in Sheikh Jarrah and what happens in Al-Aqsa, Till Hamas started firing the rockets, um, It's all was like expected, and it didn't come by chance. While Netanyahu were under like what happened, the war that happened is not by chance.
1: I agree with Amir that the mini war from the past month was in part caused by Netanyahu's quest for keeping political
0: power. Yes. Amir. So, a uh, question for Amir. Um. Uh, you both have touched upon Netanyahu's method shortly before he left office. Amir, you mentioned that Netanyahu used uh, fascist methods to retain power. What are examples of that? Um, well, I've
3: started to first notice it back in the midst of the corona pandemic, uh, right in the beginning, uh, exactly a year ago, actually, from today or from a few days ago, started uh, the protests against Benjamin Netanyahu exactly a year ago. And back then, Amir Ohana, which is the uh, Minister of, uh, of In-State Defense, uh, he got a uh, an order from Benjamin Netanyahu to enforce and give more punishments on not wearing your mask in public, specifically inside the protests against Benjamin Netanyahu, and not just in general, specifically in, in those protests in, in the square one they're being held, which is uh, undemocratic. I mean, it's abusing your political power to basically um, eradicate a movement. That's when I started noticing it. Uh, then it became more of like uh, hate speech. Benjamin Netanyahu used hate speech against minorities, against Palestinians, against leftists, against everyone who doesn't agree with his political power or he uses political power, for example, he, he, never, he never says anything bad, for example, about religious people because they always sit in a coalition with him. but he always says something bad about leftists and about Arabs and he uses the hate in a very large portion of, of the Israeli people against Arabs to create his political power. meaning he can say stuff like the Arabs are swimming uh, to the election polls And he, he uses these methods, to frighten his voters to go out and vote because they're so afraid of Arabs. For years now, he's actually funding Hamas. He is is letting uh, Qatar money, uh, about a billion dollars up until now, move from Qatar to Hamas, a terrorist organization. And when he was asked about it, he said he is willing to make Hamas stronger to make the Palestinian authority in the West Bank weaker. When Hamas is stronger, Abu Mazen is much weaker. And when Abu Mazen is weaker, Benjamin Netanyahu doesn't have to deal with any kind of peace agreements with the Palestinians and he can remain the situation as it is. Why does he want to remain the situation as it is? Because it gives him political power because most of his camp hates Arabs and hates Palestinians and is frightened of Palestinians. It is impossible to sign a peace treaty with the Palestinians. You can't do it. There, there's no one to sign peace with. So he's trying to make Hamas stronger, which now I have a question for Abed, actually. Abed, do you support Hamas?
2: For me, I don't support it at all. Like, um, fire rockets, it's like innocence from the both sides, the Israeli government or Hamas. I don't support this idea at all. The, the innocent people who lost their lives in Gaza. Started like when Hamas fired up uh, the face of uh, the rockets. Most of the Palestinians things Hamas are huge, but like for me, they're not. I can't forget the history of what Hamas done uh, for the Gaza section, how the people got like the innocents died. Hamas, uh, I can't say they are terrorists at all. Maybe. You don't think you don't think the terrorists? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wrong actually to to fire weapons that's like and to fire a war. that's obviously. Um, but it's still the only organization who defend, defended Al-Aqsa Mosque. uh Al-Aqsa Mosque is like they have a big place in all the Muslims hearts. Uh, a proof for that, what's happened in Jordan, how people got in the borders, how some of them crossed the borders, uh, people from Lebanon, people from Egypt, um, that shows like how much important is Allah lot, most of us. Also, back into your question, Amir, Hamas will never be like a good organization, as they say, for me. What do you mean by that? Like it won't take a place uh, in in, uh, in my thoughts as it took place in other people's thoughts.
1: So, Abba, what you're saying is, to you, Hamas is not a good organization by any stretch of the imagination, but you do not believe that they are a terrorist organization as designated by the United States
0: and and the state of Israel. Yes, but uh, Abba, just to follow up on that, as uh, as of this recording, the ceasefire has recently been broken by actually Hamas launching explosive-laden balloons towards Israel. Wouldn't you consider that an act of terror since they provoked it? Did it hurt
1: anyone? Um, I don't think we've heard of any direct casualties, but it, it has burned, I believe, uh, farmland.
2: Okay, it burned farmland. Uh, the war that uh, happened uh, with the plane rockets, it massacred nine families from Gaza. Like, nine families have been wiped from Earth. There is a big difference from burning a farm and destroying
3: a whole family. Yeah, but obviously, um, these balloons, they aren't targeted to a specific location. Meaning, if that balloon does hit a house uh, or a farmland, Hamas doesn't really target to a specific location. It could potentially kill people. Okay, it could. But did it kill... Uh, no. Up until play. now, no. Okay. Okay. And and don't you think firing rockets at civilians is an act of terror?
2: Hamas, when they want to fire rockets, they call and they say that we are going to fire at this place, clear it up. While uh, when the Israeli army started firing rockets, people say they don't, ha- they don't have knowledge. They don't know uh, who to call.
3: But Abed, that's 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 not correct. I mean, we do alert no. a house. We're going. We're going to no, bomb. No,
2: if we, it, if it was alert, if it was alerted, uh, the, these nine families wouldn't be whipped uh, from Gaza. Are you telling me that uh, if they wanted to aggravate a house, at least they're gonna wait an hour? That's enough to be able to leave. But people got like rockets while they are sleeping at their beds.
3: I don't know if you've read about it, but uh, a part of the IDF's project, a project that was introduced actually in this mini war, uh, a part, a, a a very important, in my opinion, project that was presented in this war was the knock on the door project, which is basically firing a rocket without any explosives, just a chunk of of metal. On top of the building, they're going to explode a few hours ahead to alert the house that is going to be bombed. I I don't know if all the houses were alerted that way, but I know for a fact it happened with a lot of houses. For example, is the the news building in Gaza, the international news building uh, that was bombed completely, that was annihilated. A cold rocket was fired on the roof of that building to alert its civilians. And you did see that the people uh, in there were evacuated. They were alerted. No one died in that building. They were alerted in a head uh, that the building is going to be bombed. And it's not only Palestinian civilians, but it's also um, people from the international press. Thank
1: you for listening to part one of this conversation. Be sure to check out part two coming soon. that concludes this episode of gen zero stock politics be sure to join our discord server follow us on instagram at gen Zero's stock politics and on twitter at gen Zero's stock poly with an i and add or email us to ask your burning questions
0: thanks for joining us and we hope to see you next time